Hiya, and uh, welcome to the first podcast of the year for NBA Tips. Uh, what I wanted to do today was talk through what we think uh, the MVP market is shaping up like at the moment. Uh, I know we've already done an article about one tip that we've got in mind, um, and we'll come to that in due course. What I want to do is just kind of take you through each player as we go, um, as the odds have it, and just kind of talk about what we think the chances are for each player in this year's market and how the odds reflect that and what we might see as value. Um, so what we'll do is we'll start with um, the market favourite for all the bookies. Um, some have it much closer than others. Um, if we look at Paddy Power, they obviously have it quite tight between the top five players, um, whereas someone like Ladbrokes clearly have LeBron way ahead of the next person, which is um, Durant and Curry. Um, so with LeBron, obviously, you know, most people still argue he is the best player in the league still. Um, his playoff performance last year in the final was phenomenal. Uh, obviously, when he needs to do it, he can still turn it on and, and be one of the best players in the league, as we saw against the Warriors. The MVP market we know is only regular season, so we're not particularly concerned about his postseason performance. What we've got to really ascertain is whether or not he is going to play to that level night in, night out. And if last year is anything to go by, that's not going to be the case. As you're probably aware, he took a couple of months, well, not quite that long, maybe a month out last year, um, to rest. He wasn't playing well earlier in the year. Um, and he took, I think it was November, where he took a bit of time off, came back and was a lot more dominant. Still not to the same levels that he was at in Miami, but much better. Having said that, the time he did take out basically cost him the MVP in the end. Um, he was still in the voting. Um, he didn't obviously break into that top two of Curry and Harden, but he certainly was, you know, a clear third place uh, last year. That said, this year I'm hearing, last couple of days, we have retweeted it, um, that Kyrie Irving may be out until January. Now, if that is the case, that turns this market on its head, in my opinion. Um, if Kyrie was fit and playing alongside Kevin Love, alongside um, probably Tristan Thompson, you've got quite a bit of talent there. LeBron becomes more of a facilitator now. He does get more assists when those guys are playing, obviously, but the MVP market usually is done mainly on the points totals and the average points. I cannot see LeBron winning the MVP if, Kyrie and Kevin Love play the entire season. I don't think he'll play at a high enough level consistently. Not that he can't, but he just doesn't want to. Um, having said that, if Kyrie is out, he obviously will need to take a lot more responsibility on his own shoulders. The thing that counteracts that is probably the lack of competition in the East. If Cleveland were in the West, 
then obviously LeBron would need to be at his very best most nights. Problem with the East is that it's less competitive and therefore they can sometimes get away with victories uh, where LeBron sits for a bit more time or you know only gets 21 points, seven rebounds, you know three assists, that kind of thing. Um, whereas to win the MVP, I'm going to say he probably needs to average 27, 28 points a game probably up to, you know, six, seven assists and about six or seven rebounds, okay? That's the kind of line that we're looking at in order to win the MVP. What's in his favour is obviously Cleveland will probably get the number one seed in the East. That's something all MVPs really need to have is that, you know, really good regular season record. So as I said, my conclusion on this is if the rumours are true and Irving is out until January, I would certainly advise jumping on LeBron um, in the anti-post market. I can only see his odds shortening um, once the season starts. So it's one to keep an eye out for, keep your ears to the ground, see what happens with Irving. Um, it's only a rumour at the moment, so if he's only out for, let's say, one or two, three, four games, it's not going to do anything to the market. But if he's out to January, then... That means LeBron, in my opinion, becomes a very, very heavy favourite for the MVP. Moving on um, to the next person, as odds checker have it, uh, Anthony Davis. Um, I myself was quite heavily invested in Anthony Davis last year as MVP to start the year. Um, I thought that he would probably make the Pelicans a little bit better than they ended up being. Uh, I quite like the Pelicans roster. Uh, Drew Holiday, Eric Gordon, uh, you know, they have quite a bit of talent. I was surprised about how poor defensively they were last year. I thought that with a front court of Davis and the Sheik, they weren't going to be shedding as many points as they did. They ended up being quite a poor defensive team um, and ended up obviously just sneaking into the playoffs. That said, Davis's PER and his efficiency levels and his general stats were probably, well, definitely the best in the league. And I did think that he was somewhat overlooked in the MVP voting in the end of the season. Um, and obviously I uh, came up a bit short with those type of bets. Uh, we have the same kind of conundrum again, really, this year. There's no doubting that he's going to be one of the best players in the league if he stays fit. Uh, reports suggesting he's put on a lot more muscle this year again which means he's obviously going to be more of a presence down low. Um, another addition is obviously the coach. Uh, Alvin Gentry is a very good offensive coach, and I'm sure that he's going to add uh, extra elements to Davis's game. He's already come out in the media and said that he wants him shooting three-pointers. Uh, if Davis does start shooting threes and hits them at you know a, re a regular rate, he is unguardable. So one person to... Uh, Keep an eye out again. Would I back him now? The simple answer is no. If you look at the MVP market in the past and you look at the voting in the past, it always goes to those that come from the top two teams, let's say, in each conference. Um, the Pelicans, in my mind, will probably end up about the sixth or seventh seed this year. Um, the West is, as we know, a brutal conference. Can he really win the MVP if they are, let's say, 6th or 7th in the uh, 
conference, I'm not sure he can. I'm certain that he will win MVP in the future, probably multiple times. I think that it might be a little bit too soon again this year. I made a mistake last year. I can't see myself backing him again this year. His odds will probably shorten throughout the year. Um, he tends to have very noticeable stat lines. He obviously appears in a lot of highlight reels. Last year, early in the season, he dropped down to a very low odds from when I got him about 15 to 1 to 20 to 1. The liquidity on Betfair is quite thin, so there's not really too much of a trading opportunity here. Um, but there's certainly a trading opportunity to keep an eye out for. Uh, he may well go very short in the, in the betting this year. Maybe it's one to look at, see if you can get out before the end of the year at a shorter price. Um, but I'm dubious as, of, as to whether or not he can win the award. Uh, moving on to Kevin Durant. Um, he's obviously a doubt in everyone's mind at the moment about his health. Um, you've got a range of odds here. Uh, Paddy is he's offering quite a generous price for a former MVP, uh, but the others are coming in at about four to five to one. Um, the main issue you have with Durant winning this MVP is Westbrook. If they're both healthy and they're both fit, they both are very, very elite players. Durant, arguably top three players in the league. Westbrook, anywhere between top five and top ten in the league. Um, the issue they have is they're both heavy scorers. And especially with Westbrook, who can sometimes dominate the ball, can negate Durant's chances in the MVP. You almost need a very unique set of circumstances here in order for Durant to win the league. Um, you almost need Durant to play all of the season, Westbrook to play most of the season, and maybe pick up an injury at some point, miss 20 games, and Durant has to hold the team together, get them into the, let's say, second or third seed. If that kind of scenario is to play out, yeah, I could see Durant making this MVP. Um, but... For me, there's too many unknown factors here. Is he going to come back the same? He's obviously had a lot of problems with his foot. Um, as a forward, uh, he's going to rely, obviously, a lot through his feet at his weight. Um, and there's a lot of doubters in the league as to whether or not he's ever going to return back to his former levels. Um, I'm... A doubter here, I wouldn't personally be looking at backing Durant. Uh, I don't know if he's going to reach you know, the points levels he was reaching a couple of years ago. And obviously Westbrook is now becoming not the franchise player, but he is you know, a much bigger force than he was maybe, let's say, two or three years ago in the league. So I think these two negate each other. Um, and I find it hard to see how one can win it over the other. Moving on uh, to last year's MVP, Steph Curry. Uh, again, the, the odds range, very similar odds to um, Durant and Davis. You know, the market had these three as a kind of next bracket to LeBron. Uh, 
I'd say that was a fair reflection on where we are in the market. Um, Steph Curry, the, the reason I partly like him is because it's quite common if you look back through previous MVP winners that the winner sometimes gets the awards the next year. So if you look at Steve Nash, he won it back to back. Uh, LeBron obviously is a slightly different case, but he has won it back to back. Um, and the voters sometimes like a player that's won MVP to go on and do the same again the year after, perhaps to show that it's not a one-off. So Curry has that in his in his favour. He obviously won it last year um, with phenomenal shooting um, and phenomenal offensive play. His defence is mixed. Um, he sometimes can play pretty good defence, but often he is hidden. Um, but to be honest, this MVP award tends to be about the best offensive player. Um, that's why you tend to have the best defensive player of the year as a separate award. Um, I don't think we have any doubts about the Warriors. They're going to be up there in the Western Conference again. You know, they're going to be favourites to be number one seed um, alongside the Spurs. Those two are very tight in the market uh, with Thunder probably coming in three and Clippers four at the moment. Um, so we haven't really got any doubts about the Warriors themselves. I personally have a few doubts about whether or not Curry can actually replicate the levels he had last year. I think a lot of teams will pick up on the fact that during the playoffs and especially in the final, um, teams started to uh, heavily double-team Curry. Um, and that way, whilst the Warriors were still dangerous, they weren't obviously as dangerous. And at times, the Warriors looked like they were really struggling um, in the finals. Delavadova was a pest to Curry. Curry still played okay, but his efficiency levels were well down. Um, so point guards might well be looking at that for next year and thinking, um, that's how I need to play him. Whether or not they can have that intensity during the regular season is another thing to see. Um, but he is, without doubt, the Warriors' best player. He will probably score heavily again this year. Um, but I'm doubtful as to whether or not he can really get back up to that elite level again. Um, he has support in Clay Thompson, obviously. Um, Draymond Green, Harrison Barnes now and again. Um, but he's going to have to obviously have a very, very good season again in order to make sure those Warriors are in the top two or three seeds. I, again, would not rush to back Curry at that price. I would probably leave it. Um, he is one that I think will probably make it into the top three or five in the betting, in the final voting. Um, but I don't think he has quite enough to win it again next year. Uh, moving on to James Harden. Second in the voting last year. Um, I would actually say out of all the top five, this is the one I'm least keen on. Um, I think that if he was ever to win it, Harden would have had to have won it last year. Um, LeBron was out, as I said, for about a month and didn't play to his usual levels in the regular season. Uh, Durant obviously missed the most of the season. Davis wasn't quite on the team that he needed to be on. Um, so I saw Harden's opportunity last year um, as his main opportunity. Perhaps in the future, he's only 25 now, but for this year coming, I really can't see it. Um, 
the Rockets have obviously acquired Ty Lawson for next year. Uh, I'm mixed on that. Ty Lawson, on his day, is a very good point guard. Um, he is still uh, an elite-level point guard. Whether or not he's quite up to the same level as some of the other point guards in the Western Conference is another argument. Um, and whether or not he can get back to his levels when he was at Denver under George Carl again is something we need to see. Having said that, he does like the ball in his hands. Uh, he is a ball-heavy uh, point guard. He likes to um, run the pick and roll most of the time. And for me, that kind of steps on James Harden's toes. Um, there is uncertainty in Houston about whether or not Lawson will come off the bench, whether Beverly will start. I can't see that happening. I think Ty Lawson will play um, the starting role. He has obviously a high assist level, um, but that tends to come with big men in the team. So I can see Ty Lawson being very effective with Dwight Howard in the pick and roll, um, with Terrence Jones in the pick and roll. Um, but whether or not he can actually supply Harden with enough ball is another matter. Harden tends to like to bring the ball up in clutch times um, and in tight games, and that's going to be a very interesting dynamic. Whether or not Harden can again score the level he scored last year, we will have to wait and see. Um, I was on James Harden last year at 12-1 to to be the top point scorer in the league. Uh, he was winning the entire season until Westbrook nipped him at the end, which was rather frustrating. Um, whether or not he can get to that same level again, I again, I doubt. I think defenders will um, kind of wise up to a little bit of what Harden does. Um, I can see a lot more double teams for him this year. And as I said, him and Lawson, their relationship is going to be one to keep an eye on. I don't like the price particularly. Um, he has drifted, interestingly, with two companies since he first came out. Some have him still down at 4-1, to 5-1, to one, which I don't like really at all. So, again, one for me to avoid. Um, and... Someone I don't think can make, probably even make it into the top three this year in the in the voting. Maybe top five, but not top three. Uh, next person, Russell Westbrook. Um, again, I'm going to kind of say the same things here as I said with Kevin Durant. You know, Westbrook, again, was someone I had last year in play. I quite heavily invested in Westbrook on the MVP market when Durant went down. Because uh, I thought that if he was to get Oklahoma into the playoffs... I think that he was deserving potentially of the award. I think his injury as well cost him in that market slightly. Uh, he missed a, quite a few number of games um, because of his injury. Um, if he'd have played 82 games or you know 75 to 82 games, uh, I think he would have been in there with a shout. Obviously, OKC just missed out in the playoffs in the end, um, so that obviously became an irrelevant argument. This year with Durant back, Westbrook should, for the team, give up the ball more. You know, they have some talented um, scorers. Cantor, uh, Ibaka's improving with his mid-range and his, obviously, three-point shot. And, obviously, Durant's an offensive power. I think Westbrook needs to share the ball a lot more this year. Whether he will or not will become another matter. But I can't see him getting up to that 28-29 point range this year um his assists are never that high again as i've made reference he's not the best share of the ball 
Um, I see him being a very important player, a very elite player. Again, lots of highlights. Whether or not he can make it to the MVP award, I doubt very much. Um, again, I think the unique set of circumstances will be needed. Uh, perhaps Durant plays 65 games, 60 games, um, gets them to number one with Westbrook, then misses the last 15, 20 games maybe, or misses 20 games at some point throughout the year. And at that situation, maybe Westbrook, yes, can win the award. Uh, but assuming both play the whole year, I think that they both negate each other. Uh, I'm going to probably deal with the next two players in the market um, as one, because every year, it seems to last three or four years, Griffin and Paul come out very evenly in the betting market, 15 to 20 to 1 for both, uh, which, you know, to be fair, is a fair price, uh, 22 to 1. Um, 20 to 1 on each is something you might want to involve yourself in for a bit of value maybe but again if we liken this to Durant and Westbrook these two for years now have negated each other in the MVP market you know Chris Paul is a very elite point guard you know someone who in the regular season is a very reliable player shares the ball well sets up their teammates to score Works extremely well with Griffin and um, Jordan. Uh, and can score when he needs to score. Mid-range game is elite. Uh, Three-pointer is pretty good. But he just doesn't have enough every year to make it to that MVP elite level. If you're looking at consistency, he'd be your man. But he often comes fifth, sixth in the voting, that kind of thing. Um, Blake Griffin, I believe he came third two years ago in the, in the voting, or three years ago. Um, but since then, has never really made it back into that kind of top echelon. Again, like Chris Paul, he is someone that doesn't quite do enough. He averages 23, 24 points a game, rebounds 10, 9, 10 rebounds. And, you know, he is an excellent passer for a big man, five assists, six assists. Um, but... When you're looking at to win the MVP award, he doesn't quite do enough. He could, if he wanted to, if he wants to take more shots and become more selfish, maybe he could push himself. But I don't think at the moment he's quite there. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, now, if we move on to the next player, which is the person that we've had most interest, actually, uh, with in the MVP market, and that's Lamarcus Aldridge. The reason we have so much interest in him, and I'm not going to talk about it for too long because we've already got an article on that, go and check it out at nbatips1.com, is that we feel the Spurs is go are going to be an elite team. We feel that they're probably going to be first or second in the conference. Um, and when you look at the Spurs, they're infamous, or should I say famous, for um, sharing the ball, 25-minute to 30-minute game, time for each player, and basically sharing the honours. Hence why we haven't really seen anyone mentioned in the MVP market for the last five years. Um, however, with someone like LaMarcus Aldridge coming in, who is an offensive powerhouse, then he might have enough to do this. 
Um, Tony Parker's aging. Tim Duncan is aging. Their minutes are going to be down. Kawhi Leonard is, yes, uh, probably their franchise player now, arguably, with maybe Aldridge. But he is mainly a defensive threat, and that's why I can't see him winning the MVP, um, because offensively he doesn't take on enough. Again, his minutes, um, something that might be capped. With Aldridge, this all depends on how much game time he gets. If Popovich is going to play him like he plays the others and plays him 32 to 35 minutes um, rather than 42 minutes, then he's someone that can't win this award. If, however, he plays his normal minutes that he would have done maybe at Portland, maybe slightly less, let's say the 40 to 42 minute range, if he plays that kind of minute range, then he, in my opinion, has a good shout for this award. He can score 25 points a game, especially in the Spurs system, where he's going to probably get even better looks than he's done in the past. Uh, defensively, he's okay. Uh, he's a good rebounder. If he can get his line up to 26, 27 points a game with 9, 10 rebounds, he's right in there with a shout uh, to win this award. And at 40 to 1, as we've said on the in the article, go and check it out, um, that's huge value for us. Um, the last person I really want to talk to about is John Wall. Uh, Derek Rose hasn't got a chance. He's only in there because he's obviously a, a huge star in the NBA and people will probably uh, place money on him still. Uh, sporting bet give 20 to 1. I'd rather put my money down the drain, quite frankly. Um, Kawhi Leonard, again, too defensively minded. I don't think can win it. Carmelo, he's never winning it on the Knicks in a million years. Kyrie's looks like he might be out. Paul George was someone we looked at for a while, but um, he's too many question marks over his health. If he looks amazing during the season, that might be one to look at. Jimmy Butler, same reasons as Kawhi. Um, so really, there's not anyone around here. Mark Gasol, again, a good, very good player, franchise player, just doesn't quite do enough offensively in order to get into that top 5, 10 voting. Um, so the only one really that realistically we think might be able to win this award still is John Wall. Uh, John Wall's a young player. He's an improving player. Uh, the Wizards are unpredictable. Uh, early on in the season last year, they were very strong and then went through a disastrous patch. Uh, Bradley Bill being injured didn't help. I think with Bill and Wall, you have a very elite uh, young backcourt there. If Washington did have a very, very strong season. And in the Eastern Conference, um, after Cleveland, that second place is up for grabs, really. If he, if they were to have a very strong season and, let's say, get second seed, and a lot of that was because of John Wall, um, that is someone that may be offering you a bit of value there. Um, his mid-range game, his jumper is iffy. But if it was to improve, and I know that he's done a lot of work on this over the off-season, then he would be someone that you might want to consider. Um, he is an extremely good passer. His assist level is always very high. If he can increase his point production, then he is someone that may be able to lead a Washington team to a high seeding. If that is the case, and they do get second seed, then you know the Eastern Conference is something that there aren't any or very many MVP candidates standing out. The only two I've mentioned 
are LeBron and now John Wall. So he hasn't got many competitors in the Eastern Conference, um, which is an advantage and gives you an angle there, potentially. Um, there is obviously a lot of question marks over his his shot. Um, and if he has an iffy shooting year or an iffy couple of months, then obviously he can't win this award. But with his speed, his agility, his defensive work, his passing, he has a very, very good game. And if he can lead this Washington team to 55, 56 wins and maybe grab that second seed in the East, then... Um, he's someone at 66 to 1 would be tempting for me. Um, so, to summarise, uh, what I've been saying is looking at the market at the moment, it doesn't really appeal to me at all. Um, last year I got involved pre season on Davis and I got involved on LeBron, um, and neither of them uh, obviously won the, mar- won the award. Uh, I got a bit on Curry in the end, um, and I lost a bit overall in the MVP market. Um, But what I learned from this is that in play, there is money to be made. If you keep an eye out on the odds throughout the year, keep an eye out on the MVP ladder on our website, keep an eye out on the MVP ladder on the NBA website, you know, there may be some angles to be had here um, as players maybe get injured or players don't perform to their normal levels, or maybe some players are playing way and above their normal level. Um, The two plays I would make now uh, are Lamarcus Aldridge at 40-1, to and a small bet maybe on John Moore at 66-1. to If the Kyrie Irving news comes out to be true, and he won't return until January, then... LeBron at three to one is definitely worth a bet as well, um, but at the moment I would keep the stakes small um, and maybe look for better angles as this market develops throughout the year. Okay, guys, I hope you enjoyed that. Um, we will be talking through other markets before the start of the season. As you know, we do like trying to try and get as many anti-post bets on as we can. Um, And when the over-under markets come out and the divisional markets come out properly, we've had one bookie release their lines. uh, But when we see the proper uh, divisional markets come and be released, we might well do some podcasts on that. Um, But I hope you enjoyed this podcast on the MVP market. If you have any uh, thoughts or any opinions on the MVP market, please tweet us at NBATips1. We're more than happy to accept and to have discussions with um, our followers. So be sure to check out our Twitter page and be sure to go to nbatips1.com to look at any uh, 